It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. So, Taste of Dublin takes place in the Ivy Gardens this week, starting on Thursday and running until Sunday the 18th of June. For food and drink lovers, it is the unmissable highlight of the summer. It offers visitors the unique opportunity to source essential ingredients from artisan producers, engage with Ireland's top culinary talent, be on the front line of masterclasses and relax in the gourmet atmosphere of the summer's finest food and drink festival. And this year, one of the artisan producers taking part is Hearst Botanicals, which is a kombucha brewery based in County Clare. I spoke to co-founder Ellen Quinn earlier today to find out more. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Ellen, great to have you on the programme. Lovely to meet you. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person later on this week at Taste of Dublin. In the meantime, we're going to tell the listeners about Hearst Botanicals, which you founded along with Alec Falco in 2021. And you make kombucha. Yes, yes, Sharon. Thank you so much for having us on the podcast. Um, my name is Ellen, as, as you just touched on there, and myself and my partner Alex founded Hearst Botanicals in 2021. Um, it stemmed from a lockdown project, like a lot of businesses have over the last number of years, and we uh, both worked in the food industry previously, and we decided to head off on our travels, would you believe? Um, so we were taking a career break and we were about nine months into our travels when the pandemic hit and we were debating, would we stay in Australia and try and um, live it out there and, and see would it pass in two or three months or would we come home and, and maybe start our own thing? So uh, we made we made the bold decision to come home and um, we didn't know what we, what we would do or start or would we go back into... The food industry again um but i guess what the pandemic gave everyone was time to think and time to be a bit creative so that's i suppose what happened sharon you know we uh we were living in a place called hearst pierpoint um in a little barn surrounded by lots of nature and uh, that's where we started brewing and fermenting our kombucha and we had drank kombucha for a, a number of years before that. So it was more so a, we really wanted to brew and ferment this for ourselves more so than anything else. And uh, that's where the, the sprout happened, essentially, for Hearst Botanicals. So the name comes from the location. Yes, yes. Uh, so we were surrounded by nature. Myself and Alex love food and, and nature. It's what we bonded over when we first met. And when we thought of the business idea of, starting kombucha in the first place we were searching for a name and uh we were thinking and thinking for weeks on end and I think it was Alex was out running one day and he came back and he was like thirst thirst is the is the word that's where we're living right now and um it actually we found out that it meant wooded hill as well so it re- really fed into our nature ethos with um with our new business. Some people might not be familiar with kombucha and it is a fermented tea. Yes, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, so it's really simple. It sounds like a really funky thing, but it's just fermented tea. Now it doesn't taste like a funky berries tea or anything like that. Um, it, it has more of a mature adult 
um, complex taste to it. So with kombucha, we take sea botanicals and we brew them. So that's why we call it a, a kombucha brewery. And then after we have brewed them, we cool them down and we add some sugar. And from this sugar, we have a sweetened tea, essentially. And then we add in our lovely yeast and bacteria culture. And this is really the, the backbone behind kombucha, this culture. And we use our own cultures here in Hearst Botanicals. So what we do is we put them into the sweet tea and they feed off all of the, the sugar and the nutrients that the tea provides and even the minerals from the water that we use. And what happens first is the yeast come in, uh, just to get a little bit technical here, the yeast come in and they eat um, all of the sugar off. So although we do put sugar in initially, Sharon, it actually reduces down by the end, uh, by the time we have the product in the end. And the yeast actually, through this simple fermentation process, produce uh, alcohol. Now, kombucha is non-alcoholic, so don't worry. This is where the bacteria come in and they eat up all of the alcohol. And this is where you start getting the real true taste of kombucha. So these bacteria produce all of these organic acids. So you're getting acetic acid, citric acid from them, depending on the culture that you have. And um, at the end of it, you have, or you should have, um, a lovely sparkling um, drink that is all pure natural. It's not, there's no additives after that. You can start adding your juices or your flavors from there, but it's it's a very natural drink process. I was going to ask you about the health benefits of it. And whenever you started to talk about the sugar, and I'm glad you explained that the sugar is no longer there because that could, could make people question the health side of it. Yeah, for sure. I think all kombuchas will have a certain amount of sugar. It's just the nature of the fermentation uh, that we do. The research that's coming out about kombucha is very, very interesting. But I guess from my nutritional science background, I'm very conscious in how we word that and how we articulate the, the research that is out there on kombucha. And I think um, a lot of people presume that there is it's packed full of probiotics. And it is, but a lot of these probiotics haven't actually been proven to have um, any effect on your gut. So it begs to question, why do people find this benefit from kombucha? And uh, the research that's coming out now is because um, saying that it's the organic acid content in the kombucha that is having an effect on our gut. And what happens is it goes into our gut, it actually reduces the pH slightly, and what that means is it creates favorable conditions um, for the good bacteria already in our microbiome to thrive. It also creates good conditions for enzymes in there as well to break down your food easily. So um, it's really interesting, the, the science that's coming out on kombucha. And uh, the last thing that I want to throw in there with the research that is there is the acetic acid um, that they produce during this fermentation looks to have a protective effect on glucose absorption. So even though that there is sugar in kombucha, when it's being absorbed, acetic acid almost acts as a protective mechanism so that you don't get an immediate blood glucose spike. Um, so it's fascinating, really. And uh, I could go on forever about it, but... <laughs> 
I won't bore you. <laughs> well, it's interesting what you say there about having that food science background, because obviously that was critical in the development of the, the product and even the way that you're able to explain it in layman terms is very useful as well. Um, is Alex the commercial side of the business then? Because often in a small business, whenever you're able to develop a new product, obviously the commercialization of it, the marketing of it, the branding of it is as critical as having a really good product. Absolutely. So it's how myself and Alex actually met. I was working in the food industry within research and development and Alex was working in the food industry and commercial. He brings a massive commercial aspect to uh, Hearst Botanicals. He has had experience across um, many retailers in the UK and Ireland and um, from own label to um, own brand. And uh, yeah, so it's great. I feel like I can have my creative freedom and um, have that space to to do my scientific research while he, he has the reins on the commercial aspect of it. Um, we are we are aware that we don't have a marketing background, either of us. So we do outsource that for our business, which I think it's always important, you know, yourself to, to know your blind spots and uh, yeah, outsource when you can. And tell me about the flavours then, that you have three different flavours in the current por portfolio. How did you decide which flavours to go with and which ones um, are your favourite? Yeah, so we really went when we launched last year in March 2022 we went with flavors that represented our native hedgerows and our orchards um simply because we wanted to keep it in with the, the nature theme here um and uh, I'll touch on nature in a while with Hearst Botanicals but our flavors are wild berry um inspired by our hedgerows our the other one is pear and plum and the last one is apple and elderflower. And I'm definitely a pear and plum woman myself. So uh, <laughs> there's no swaying me on that one. But uh, yeah, that it was literally our, our native fruits and um, that inspires the, the flavors. Where do you source the ingredients for the flavors? Yeah, so we use all natural ingredients, uh, which predominantly come from Ireland and the UK. And then uh, our sugar and tea comes from Sri Lanka and uh, Malawi, but we are 100% fair trade. So all of the ingredients that we source are ethically sourced and um, fair trade certified. So what it means Sharon, is that the farmer that we buy the sugar and tea from gets a fair price for, for the produce. Um, it was all part of the sustainability umbrella, essentially, when we were thinking about how we want to approach uh, this business model with Hearst Botanicals. And I, I guess a lot of a lot of the time it's so easy to focus on just like one aspect, you know, we'll we'll focus on biodiversity or something like that. But I guess the challenge is to incorporate it in all aspects really of your business is tough. But uh, that's where fair trade kind of came in with the people aspect of our business. So and I think it's important to highlight that the fair trade aspect of your business is what stand, makes you stand apart from other kombucha manufacturers. Absolutely. Yeah, it was um, a big decision for us to go with initially because obviously we're paying more of a premium and we're, we were a small brand when we were when we started launching. But I guess it also gave us that unique selling point that we needed in a in a market that's becoming competitive now. 
and um I think people really recognize that fair trade logo and associate it with um goodness and and um ethical morals so that's that's the standpoint that we wanted to take with with Hearst. So whenever I'm talking to um, a new business you know you're at a certain stage now but to get to that stage there probably has been bumps along the way so share with us the challenges that you've faced since you and Alec founded the company back in 2021. (laughs) How long do we have Sharon? (laughs) That's exactly it with a new business I think you go into it thinking right I've I I know all of the things that are going to come at me it will be a challenge but we'll get through it and I think the things that stumped us we did not expect one bit especially since we worked in in the food industry before um but there was different aspects when we started out I mean kombucha is definitely production wise still in new process so we had to reach out to a lot of the beer industry, the wine industry, the vinegar industry to figure out the different machines to put together to create our own process. There is no really guidebook out there at the moment to tell you or show you how to make kombucha. And that's probably why you see a lot of variability in the market at the moment um, through different brands. And so that was one challenge. And then I guess you're on quite a a tight budget when you start out as well so trying to balance getting uh the machinery that you needed versus the volume that you were kind of building up in the background was always a a bit of a a challenge for us and you know the the usual transition so yeah production was was one that was was quite tough for us the kombucha also takes um seven to ten days for its second fermentation but it's the first fermentation that we do takes over two months so if a large volume order comes in, you know, we have to be three months planning for that in advance uh, versus ordering, ordering the ingredients in the week before and then getting that big order out. So there's a lot of um, forecasting and, and pre-planning with kombucha versus maybe other businesses um, in this industry. It sounds like whenever you did make contact with, other companies that they were helpful and they were supportive 100% I think um having the camaraderie as well of like we don't know what we're doing um (laughs) was great and every time we rang someone up it was the the same answer we were getting it was like oh yeah we we just had to pull together things and we figured it out as we went along but it was great to have leaders um doing it already that could show us and help us on on how to get up and running um, and then obviously you have to put your own spin on it. So um, it's great when you start making connections and that you actually have people that you can pick up the phone to because it may, it saves days and hours and weeks of you trying to research online or Google it. <laughs> and I suspect you probably had a really good black book of contacts between you having worked in the food industry before. You know what we did, but um, a lot of them were predominantly meat science, meat free, dairy, and I think they thought we were bonkers going into drinks because we just we didn't have any idea of that industry. Uh, but it was funny once we explained what we were doing, the contacts started pulling through, and you know they were able to link us up here, there, and everywhere. So yeah, it's been great, and we're grateful to have um, some basic knowledge on the, the food industry going into it. I really admire people who started from scratch. I think that's absolutely amazing. 
Well, it is it is a brave move, obviously, to to start a new business and one that you have to go out and do a lot of the education whenever it comes to consumers. Like kombucha has been around for many, many years now, but I think it's just starting to really take off in Ireland. Absolutely. And you see the trends um, veering towards Europe. So Europe is now the epicenter of kombucha with regards kombucha producers, um, consumers looking for kombucha. So it's quite funny because I think we're the last kind of place, apart from maybe South America, to really get on this kombucha bandwagon. You see it over in the US and Canada. It's a thriving industry over there. So um and it, it's exciting i mean we're blessed that it's at this point that consumers know about kombucha and it, it's quite easy for us to sell i'm sure you know five or six years ago even it would have been a tough tough thing you know to to try and get that um name out there and get people to to understand what it is really you know and is the consumer a younger person is that who's who's really into it because i think gut health in particular again is is having a moment now and more people are talking about gut health but I think if I said to you know to my peers or people older than me they might be a bit don't know what you're talking about Sharon <laughs> yeah it's interesting we started out with our target demographic as uh, 25 to 35 year olds predominantly female um, and what we are seeing is we're really over trading with 35 to 45 year old women and um especially when we do markets and festivals you get all sorts of people coming up talking to you about gut health and and kombucha so it's a it's a really wide market i wouldn't say that there is a, a um specific group that are particularly keen on it perhaps your 25 to 35 year old females but um, the education that's out there at the moment on gut health is absolutely amazing. And, and people are familiar with, you know, their gut brain axis and the effects it has. So they want to know more. And um, it's really it's really great that there is kind of a diverse market there for, for kombucha. But yeah, I wouldn't say now that it's a predominantly younger person's um, drink. Yeah, it's gas we actually brew on the side of a, my family's pub here. In County Clare, and you'll see people sitting up at the bar having um a glass of kombucha versus like a pint, um because they're driving home in the evening or something, you know. So it, it it's just interesting to see the different people who where it fits the need for them, you know. And talking about education, this weekend at Taste of Dublin on Friday evening, we are having a panel that I'm leading, and it is called Going with Your Gut. So you're one of the three panellists. So you have some key messages that you want to share with the audience on Friday evening. Yeah, so Friday we are going to be doing the talk, Go With Your Gut. And um, I will be part of the panel, which I'm really looking forward to. And yeah, there's a few key messages uh, such as creating consumer awareness on what the health benefits are of, let's say, fermented foods and talking about all of that good stuff. So it's bound to be an interesting chat to have and it'll be great that there's other um, women joining us as well who are who are gut health advocates. And uh, we're going to be there as well for the four days, Sharon, at Taste of Dublin. So we'll have a stall 
um with Hearst Botanicals we'll be doing some creative mocktails and everything so anyone who wants a, a non-alcoholic beverage do do call to us um we're very excited to be there well I'm very excited to meet you in person later on this week Ellen and in the meantime if anybody wants to get their hands on your product where is the best place to go for them apart from the pub at your pub in Clare obviously <laughs> Yeah, so we have an online website, www.hearstbotanicals.ie. Uh, we have online subscription services as well. So if you sign up to a kombucha subscription, you'll get free delivery on any subscription, which is really cool. And you can pause and play it um, as, as much as you want. And we have lots of local stockists as well listed on our website and on our social media uh, pages. So do check it out as well. Fantastic. Well, listen, thanks again for talking to me and I look forward to seeing you later on this week at Taste of Dublin. Thanks, Sharon. See you there. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM.